This is Matt Raymond from the Library of Congress. Each year, thousands of book lovers of all ages visit the nation's capital to celebrate the joys of reading and lifelong literacy at the National Book Festival, sponsored by the Library of Congress and hosted by First Lady Laura Bush. Now in its eighth year, this free event, held on the National Mall Saturday, September 27th, will spark readers' passion for learning as they interact with the nation's best-selling authors, illustrators, and poets. Even if you can't attend the festival in person, you can participate online. You can listen to these podcasts and look at other materials and information on the National Book Festival website at www.loc.gov bookfest. I now have the pleasure of talking to a couple of people whose names are very well known to millions of American travelers, Arthur Fromer and Pauline Fromer. Each is well known individually for their award-winning travel guides, and together this father-daughter duo present a weekly nationwide radio program that focuses on travel. The two also frequently appear on national television shows such as The Today Show and Oprah. Their website, Fromers.com, was recently recognized with the prestigious People's Voice Webby Award. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. and Ms. Fromer. It's a pleasure to talk with you today. Nice thank to be here, Mr. Raymond. Let me ask you, first of all, how, how did you become interested in travel writing and journalism? Well, uh, it occurred to me because I was sent overseas by the Army when I was drafted in the 1950s and found myself, to my amazement and my joy, in Europe, a continent that I never thought I'd be able to uh, afford to travel to at a time when very few Americans crossed the Atlantic. And I was so, uh, I was so excited about the experience and about the, the ease of living inexpensively in Europe that I wrote a little guidebook called Europe on $5 a Day, which uh, became a major bestseller when it was published in 19... 57, which was 51 years ago, and that's how I got into travel. I'm a lawyer by profession, but ever since, I've been a travel journalist. And I, this is Pauline Fromer here. I've been traveling with my travel guidebook writing father since I was four months old, because we would go to Europe every year to update Europe on $5 a day, and then Europe on 10 and the like. And uh, when I grew up, I went into the family biz. Are there any role models or any, any uh, people who've gone before you who've inspired your work? And if so, who, who would that be? Well, the, the travel guides in the United States actually go back to the 1840s. There were people who, who undertook the uh, sea crossing of the Atlantic because they were so anxious uh, to go to Europe. And I, I've read those books. Uh, I was not inspired at the time by those books. I never planned to become a travel writer. It was by sheer accident that I, a lawyer, found myself in uh, Europe, but I've been, uh, I've been motivated and, and I've, been, uh, I've been aided by a great many uh, names in travel writing. Uh, Lowell Thomas, Temple Fielding, uh, Eugene Fodor, uh, all of them experimented with various forms of travel writing. I tend to feel that our approach was also fairly new. We we wrote the first travel guides that became extremely specific in detailing the practical ways of traveling. Uh, prior to the Fromer books, most travel guides uh, focused solely on sightseeing. Uh, we talked about the choice of hotels, the choice of restaurants, about in-city transportation, how you use public buses to get around, how you uh, were able to travel 
for a fraction of the amount of money that the travel industry at that time was telling you was necessary. I, I, I also came to the earlier conclusion that when you traveled inexpensively, you traveled better. That the that the less you spent, the more you enjoyed. Uh, the less you spent, the more authentic was the experience that you you had, and that this was a better form of travel. We were a little more arrogant about it, perhaps, <laughs> but I've never ceased uh, making that point that that by reducing your travel expenditures, you improve the trip. And that, too, has become the focus of my guidebook series, which is called the Pauline Fromer Guides. It's the new budget series within the Fromer Guidebooks. And we are, our key phrase is spend less, see more. Uh, we, too, believe that when you eat where the locals eat, uh, where you engage in activities that allow you to meet people in the places you're going, uh, you have a, a much richer travel experience. In other words, we don't regard travel as a trivial experience. We regard it as a, a major form of learning, a, a form of learning that impacts the mind in a way that many other uh, activities uh, cannot, just, uh, cannot as easily do. Uh, I find that when you, uh, when you travel, you begin to understand a great deal about the world, about how other people think, about the validity of our foreign policies, about uh, oh, great many areas of, of sociology, of politics, of culture. Uh, we regard travel as an important, serious activity, not as a recreation, not as an opportunity to turn off your mind, but, but a, uh, as a, a very cerebral activity in which you delve into uh, other lifestyles, other cultures, uh, and expand your consciousness. You become a different person. Uh, through travel, and we have never ceased to 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 advocate that lesson of travel. Now, obviously, one of the issues that is probably foremost in the minds of many Americans who are traveling is uh, the price of gas, which is, I believe, above four dollars uh, national average and approaching five dollars. Uh, but you have put out a press release that says, even despite that fact, road trips are still on. What do you mean by that? Well, it's still the cheapest way to travel, especially for families, uh, because obviously uh, gasoline prices are impacting the cost of airfares as well. So when you pile people into into a car, even with the high cost of travel, it's usually going to be the cheapest, partially because we really um, have, have done a terrible disservice to the American population by starving Amtrak, by not investing in other forms of public transportation. So for traveling, it's pretty much the road trip or, or nothing for people who need to stay on a budget. And you know that one of the great glories of the American uh, travel industry are our roadside and highway motels. I don't think that anywhere in the world you get quite the value that you receive in an economy motel in the United States where you still can get a, a room that can house as many as four people for 69 or $79 a night. Or less in other parts of the country. That's true. But in a modern, comfortable, uh, newly built property uh, in a room with private bath, with private shower, with a television set, uh, with comfortable uh, wide beds, 
Uh, and that's for people who want to travel indoors. I mean, we also have our wonderful national parks, which are the ideal road trip destination and the ideal budget destination because you can camp out, as my family and I will be doing in a couple of weeks, for as little as $15 a night. And when you're paying so little on housing, when you're cooking your meals over a campfire, uh, then travel becomes affordable again, and you don't give up anything. Our national parks are really the gems of our tourist uh, possibilities here in the U.S. They're remarkable sites, and every American should get to Yellowstone, to Yosemite, to Acadia National Park, to the Great Smoky Mountains. Mr. Uh, Raymond, the cost of transportation has risen sharply in every mode of transport. Uh, it therefore behooves us to offset the high cost of transportation by reducing our material needs in terms of accommodations uh, and food. Uh, I find that people can still undertake affordable trips if they simply uh, get away from the, uh, the syndrome of, of always heading to or toward first-class hotels and uh, accepting the fact that there are alternatives, there are less expensive ways to travel. Uh, to live, rather, to accommodate yourself. Currently, one of the major trends in travel is the substitution of vacation homes and vacation apartments for standard hotels. There is, uh, there is erupting in every major destination and uh, ever greater numbers of people who are making homes available to the traveler or vacation apartments for far less money than you would spend for an equivalent hotel. And we've spent a lot of time recently in our books as well as in our uh, corollary writings. Mostly in the Pauline Frommer Guides. That's, that's right. Tell, telling people of the names there. of the agencies where you can find a vacation home. A vacation home where a family of four or a group of six or eight people uh, can live in spacious, comfortable arrangements where they can have a kitchen in which they can prepare an occasional meal where they sometimes even have a swimming pool outside. The high cost of transportation is going to make us more ingenious in terms of, of seeking out these alternatives. But the alternatives exist, and, and we pride ourselves in our Travel Guide series in making a, a very serious effort to describe and to list and to specify what the alternatives are. Now, we're very much looking forward to your appearance at the National Book Festival on September 27th. Why do you feel it's important to participate in the festival? Well, it's just such a wonderful tribute to the, to the book industry. Uh, books are, are such a treasure of our nation. We have, a, uh, we have some excellent firms putting out excellent books, and the people who continue reading books are, are among our best citizens. Uh, I regard it as important uh, to promote the, the reading of books, especially by younger people, and I get excited when I, when I go to the National Book Festival. This is my third appearance uh, there. I wasn't there last year, I don't think, but I was there a couple of years ago. And it was wonderful to appear before intellectually curious people putting excellent, serious questions and enjoying themselves in, in an intellectual endeavor, not simply sitting in front of a television set and being the recipient of images and and uh, canned statements that someone else has been making, but using your mind to understand and to follow the, the point and the advocacy of a book. And uh, anything that promotes books is something that will always receive our support. 
And what can we expect to hear from you at the festival? Pauline, do you want oh, to? Oh gosh, well, you know, we that. we always try and uh, throw out some good deals. People always want to hear where the best deals are, so I'm sure we'll, we'll give people that information. But you know, when we when we do these types of appearances, we we consider them conversations. Uh, so we always spend at least a third of, of our time uh, simply answering questions uh, from the audience and, and doing our best uh, to, to help people with their specific uh, travel plans and travel questions. Now, obviously, you are both experts uh, in the field and have been so for many, many years. So uh, perhaps I'm putting you on the spot here, but what would your favorite travel destinations be? My favorite destination in all the world is going to disappoint you because it's not an exotic, uh, out-of-the-ordinary place. It's the city of Paris. <laughs> I, think, I think Paris stands at the frontier uh, of all of the major subjects and, and themes, uh, cuisine, fashion, literature, poetry, art. Uh, and I always enjoy going to uh, Paris, and, and I work very hard uh, to find little wonder restaurants and, and uh, cheaper accommodations, homes, apartments that you can use in Paris. But, of course, we, we, we have to recognize the fact that this year uh, domestic travel is going to be the major emphasis of many, many people. A great many people are going to stay within the United States and travel within the United States. And Pauline mentioned yeah. before the national parks, which are, of course, the number one uh, goal. Those are the number one. That's the number one opportunity uh, for for both individuals and families. And today. I have to say, whenever I'm asked where my favorite destination is, I usually say it's the last place I've been. And the last place I was is one of the greatest uh, travel destinations in the U.S. New Orleans. I was just in New Orleans, and it, it's rising like a phoenix from the ashes. If you go to the touristic areas of it, you would never know Katrina happened, except that everyone you talk to has a fascinating story to tell. And if you do take the time to see the Katrina areas, and I urge everyone to do so, um, you will see one of the most heartbreaking and, and most important stories in American history playing out in front of your eyes. Um, uh, New Orleans has just, just bowled me over going back there, and uh, right now that's my favorite, although that might shift with my next trip. Well, New Orleans my... is such an exotic foreign destination. It is so completely out of the uh, normal experience of Americans. It's this crazy amalgam of the French, the Spanish, the Creole, the Cajun, the African American, the Pagan. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is it is so very different, and it's so exciting to feel it, to see that it's come back, that it's starting to realize again the figures that it used to enjoy in terms of tourism, and its prices, by the way, are much less than one would expect. Yeah. I, I've, I've noticed that when Pauline came back, she told me that the single finest restaurant in New Orleans today, which is ranked as one of the ten top restaurants in the United States, has has as its peak price a price of $22 for an entree, right. and most of the entrees are $17, $18, that would have cost twice as much in San Francisco or in New York. Now, if I can get into a little bit about how you uh, give out your advice and information. Obviously, uh, we're all familiar with the travel guides that have been printed on paper, but uh, technologies, uh, the Internet and so forth, have uh, really probably altered the way we communicate. How has that altered the way that you give out your travel advice and information? 
Well, we have all of our books online for free at Fromers.com, which is a great um, resource for the public. I was actually the first uh, editor of Fromers.com, so that's my baby. Um, And it it really has shaped the way people get travel information. It's also uh, hurt the public in a certain way because there's so much travel information there. It's very hard to tell the difference between what is marketing and what is good journalistically based travel journalism. Um, you go to a lot of the opinion sites, um, and a lot of what you see in those places is marketing put up by hotels and restaurants who want to get the word out about their, their product and are, are disguising it. Um, so while I think it's been an interesting thing, the advent of the web, and it certainly has given the traveler reams of information at their fingertips, it has to be used carefully. Delve into that a little bit more if you could. I, I'm interested in finding out about your approach. How do you put together and research these guys? I think from a layman's perspective, it's daunting, if not overwhelming. Well, well can I do it this quickly? When I, was in, when I was in Las Vegas working on the first edition of Pauline Frommer's Las Vegas, I stayed in a different hotel every other night uh, for a full two months. Uh, I saw every long-running show in town, which was 82 shows. I uh, shot machine guns. I did indoor skydiving. I gained about 10 pounds, sometimes eating four or five meals a day just so I could make sure to try all the restaurants. When you're dealing with a guidebook, you're dealing with an author who can really compare one hotel to the next or one restaurant to the next because they've been to all of them. When you're dealing with gen- user-generated content, uh, the, the writer might, the, whoever's writing might say, this is the greatest hotel ever, but they may not know that right up the road there's one that's charging half as much for twice as much room and three times as many amenities. Uh, so that's the difference between um, what a travel journalist does and, and what a traveler experiences. And there's no substitution for it. There's no substitution to getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning and just going outside and walking the streets and pestering people and talking to passers-by and looking into establishments to visiting them. Uh, I thought I had had the record before Pauline came along <laughs> when I, I wrote our guidebook to Branson, Missouri several years ago, and I actually sat through uh, 30 of these country performances at the various celebrity theaters of Branson, Missouri, which made me compare, which made me say, this is better than that one. These are the top three. These are the bottom uh, three. But uh, always, uh, all of our writers do exactly that. Many of them are taught not to pay any attention to the uh, pronouncements of the local tourist boards. I mean, those people tend to take uh, the the they 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 tend to take the easiest course and just to just to tell you about the standard activities. We've always prided ourselves in trying to find the unique and the novel to come upon uh, activities that you would never learn about in any other way. I remember one day in Rome, Italy, when I discovered an order of Dutch nuns whose vocation it was to take tourists free of charge to some of the secondary sites of, of Rome, Italy, to the secondary churches, to the small museums and other collections. And I just was skipping the streets of Rome when I discovered them because I was, I was so excited that I would be able to write up 
uh, an institution that would make such a difference in the touring lives of thousands of people who would be using the books. But again, there's no substitution to simply going out there, eating, trying, testing. It's hard work. Very it's hard the, work. The you know, everybody, of glamour. Yeah, everybody thinks it's glamorous. It's actually grueling. I've had people travel with me, and they, they won't travel with me again because it's in certain ways it's not fun. I have to be very disciplined. I have to see, you know, dozens of sites per day. Um, and it's all it's a lot of work, although you have great adventures, too. I won't say it's not fun. <laughs> and how are you able to keep the advice that you give and the information that you put out there fresh? I mean, obviously, there there are a finite number of places to travel, so how, how do you sure. keep that freshness? You keep that freshness by putting in as much effort in the revised editions as you put into the original editions. A guidebook is only as good as its revisions. And uh, we have to find the kind of travel writer who's able to return uh, to a destination that he has once written up and then bring it up to date because there is a certain movement uh, in, in travel. Now, there, not everybody is able to do that. There are some people who get bored with the city once they've spent six months there. They don't want to go back. And you but have we to also hire a lot of local writers to write about true. their own cities. I think it's important to say that the Fromer guidebooks uh, a good majority of them are, are updated every year, which is very different from other series. If you look at the copyright dates, you'll see the difference. And before I let you go, uh, I have to ask, what is uh, next for you on the horizon? Well, I'm updating Las Vegas. <laughs> so, uh, I'll <laughs> be going, going go back, back there and, and see. And you're going to how many theater shows? Oh, I haven't figured it out yet, at least 40 I think I started feeling like I was being brainwashed the last time I was there, and they all steal jokes from one another. Uh, but anyway, so I'll be going back to Las Vegas. And I'm on my way to Vancouver in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I'm going to fly to Vancouver, spend a few days there, and then take a an observation car on a double-decker train to Banff, and I'll see Lake Louise and go north of there to Jasper National Park of Canada, and finally end up in Calgary and fly home. I continue to travel and continue to write a daily blog about my travels, which appear every day in Fromers.com. It's Fromers.com slash line blog. I can't any longer go to sleep at night without sitting down at the typewriter, or at the computer rather, and, and, and cranking out two or three observations about what's going on in travel. Well, I've been to Banff and Lake Louise many, many years ago, so I definitely envy you. <laughs> well, I look forward to a beautiful it. Beautiful place. To seeing it again, of course. Well, thank you very much, Arthur Fromer and Pauline Fromer. We're very excited to hear more from you at the National Book Festival on Saturday, September 27th. That's on the National Mall from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., free and open to the public. For more details and a list of participating authors, visit www.loc.gov bookfest. This is Matt Raymond at the Library of Congress. Thank you very much for listening.